Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married for 21 years and have seen the fruit from raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from their faith by age 18. And it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in the following world. Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, guys. Wow, we got an interesting episode here. So I don't think we've ever talked about these three things in one episode. Not in one episode. We've definitely talked about them in the Parenting Mentor Program. A little but... bit. Yeah, so we're excited. Stop saying these three things already. No, <laughs> these three things that hurt your parenting. You may or may not be saying these things. You for sure hear about these things from others, and you might have adopted some of them. I don't know. We'll find out. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how the cultural play, culture plays such a huge part in our um, our mindset as parents, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the reality is, is we can be just enjoying parenthood, and then we can go into the world and someone will say something like... Well, don't say it. We'll get to it in a little bit. So thanks so much for joining (laughs) us. Uh, We really appreciate it. Uh, We put a podcast episode out every single Mm -hmm. week. There's 179th time that we've done so and uh, haven't missed a single week. Lord willing. Thank you, Jesus, for what you got. He brought us through. We kept going during our family getting COVID three times and all kinds of stuff. Oh, man. I mean, it we've gone wild. through all kinds of things <laughs> in the last three years. So, <clears throat> a wild, fun ride. Thanks for being on the journey with us. If you're a new listener, welcome. We're so glad you're here. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we often talk about this, the one million families and their legacies and having an indelible impact in that way. But really, you think about how can you shift culture? How can you impact the the world and everybody has is called to different ways to do that it really appears clear as for a while that god has called us to do it in this way but imagine what happens when one million legacies are impacted it's incredible i mean we it, it's incredible it's incredible what a fun journey this has been on it is and so every time you guys share or Download the Be Courageous app and subscribe to that or buy one of our courses uh, or just write a review. It Mm -hmm. really helps us to be able to do this full time. Mm -hmm. So we really appreciate it. By the way, quick note, CourageousParenting.com, very important place. You can find out all the information about the new Be Courageous app. So many good things happening there. Also, the Homeschool Blueprint postpartum course and the Parenting Mentor Program. Also, another place to go is Mm CourageousMom.com. But all the show notes for every podcast uh, and the video version is also at CourageousParenting.com. So, hey, let's get started, though. And uh, I think we're going to kick things off with the first point here, which is that how much power there is in our expectations when it comes to parenting. Well, it has all to do with what we were j- just mentioning is mindset, right? Like, I, I know that in the past, I've shared some personal testimonies of times when I was a younger mom and how I used to take personal offense when my kids would sin. Have you ever struggled with that? Personal offense. And I would get frustrated or I'd feel discouraged or I'd feel like a failure or I'd get down or it would ruin my morning or whatever you want to call it, right? But it was mindset. 
and expectations that truly had the biggest impact on me. Because behavior, our behavior, tends to follow our expectations. Exactly. So then once I became a little older and I realized, you know what? Humanity, we all sin at times. It's not something kids have to learn. I stopped taking personal offense to those things. My mindset changed. I had different expectations. And guess what? I enjoyed motherhood so much more. And so so I bet you can think of some cultural norms that aren't as fruitful mm -hmm. as other norms, other decisions. And you can think about that in Christian circles as well, Mm -hmm. uh, where you know a lot of times Christian families look very similar in their Mm decision-making to non-Christian families. And if we want better fruit, we have to have better expectations, improved decisions, and of course, the most important thing, the Holy Spirit acting in our lives Mm -hmm. and in our families, so and being led by the Holy Spirit as well. So, But expectations are a big deal. I wanted to just share with you Jesus's expectations of kids. I think this is really cool. Mark 10, 13, uh, which is really, really awesome. And they were bringing children to him, and he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked them. So here's Jesus with his disciples, and uh, the disciples rebuked these people bringing children to Jesus. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. What do you think about that, Ange? This is a huge, huge encouragement to me because how many times do I get in a place where I start thinking, oh man, I'm failing in this or that as a believer, and then God will gently remind me to have faith like a child or to, to have belief or compassion or grace or forgiveness actually like a child does. Have you ever you know, offended a kid and then had to apologize to them. It's pretty humbling. But one of the things that's even more humbling to me is how quick kids are to forgive. Yeah, That's a huge deal. And so there are so many things that we can learn from our children. Forgiveness is one of those things. And so is faith. One of the things that Isaac is always encouraging our kids in is in prayer. He's always um, reminding them that God hears your prayers, and He. So, will you guys join with us and pray? And and we have seen mountains be moved because of our kids' prayers. Oh, Isn't that's that right, an interesting Isaac? point. We yeah. weren't going to talk about, but it's important during our biggest trials. Yeah. I was like, I want the kids to know about it because a lot of reasons, mm-hmm. but their prayers. God hears the prayers. They hear my prayers too, but. Children are special to Jesus, and I just uh, I think that we need to remember that in our parenting and have really amazing expectations for children, um, and that's important. So here we're going to go into the first of the three things you do not want to say because it will hurt your parenting because it hurts your expectations for Mm -hmm. your kids. Mm -hmm. And the first one is the terrible twos. And of course, we've all heard this before. Some of you yep. may have used this yourself or not. Or uh, believed it, even if you didn't say it. If Even if you believe it in your head and you're expecting that the two-year-old age is going to be terrible, you are setting yourself up for a really hard time. And can I just be blunt? You're believing a lie from the enemy. Yes. Actually. Because there is this is not even a biblical thought to 
expect two-year-olds to be terrible. No. I mean, the reality is, is that all kids, from the time that they're babies, they're learning, they're growing, they're uh, experimenting, they're curious. Aren't children, especially little children, they're so curious and they get so excited about the most um, simple things in life. I love it. It's one of my favorite ages because it helps me to slow down and appreciate the things that God has created for us. But sometimes people who are actually um, more selfish, I'm just going to be honest, when when we struggle with selfishness, mm-hmm. we get annoyed at the, the slow pace that sometimes a two-year-old can um, slow us down to the pace that they slow us down to. But really our perspective should be the complete opposite of that. And we should be enjoying seeing the world through our two-year-old's eyes. And the reality is that when we take time to really get down to our kids' level and we're developing a close relationship with them and we're cuddling and we're reading them books Mm -hmm. and we're having routines and we're letting them do crafts (laughs) and we're engaging their age and helping them learn things and teaching them things, the two-year-old age is so much fun. It's so cute. We have a scripture verse here for you in Psalm chapter 8, verse 2. But first I want to read verse 1. It says, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name and all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. So here we are magnifying and glorifying the Lord. And then guess what it says? Out of the mouth of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That's so powerful. Oh yeah. Babies and infants to still the enemy, still him. And and the avenger. That's huge. And I I am rema- reminded again there's a, so many times where we as parents if we just look to scripture for the encouragement that we really need deep down in our hearts for the season of life we're in. God provides. I love Isaiah 41. It says that he is gentle with those who are with young. Amen. I love that, right? Because so many times as a mom, I can start feeling like I'm a failure. And I have to remember that I need to give myself grace because God has given me grace and he is gentle with those who are with young. Amen. And one of the challenges of these sayings is they are labels. And once right. you give something a label, you can't change the outcome because the label has become true in your mind. Mm-hmm. Whether it should be true in your kids or not, you often will look for, al- look for it and then you'll allow it to happen because you won't believe you can change it. See, that's what happens. It's Change. like, and it's almost when we're together, oh, you know, terrible twos or these things can come out to almost save face. Like mm-hmm. I'm doing a great job as a parent, but it's just that they are in this phase and there's nothing that can be done to change the behavior because they're in the phase because we gave the phase a label and that label is detrimental. Once we take away the power of our influence from our belief, then we tend to not influence something. Mm -hmm. So if we want to have a great experience with our kids when they're two and three and four, we don't want to give bad labels to it because then we take away our belief that we can change things Mm -hmm. and influence our kids to have great behavior and to learn these things. And you know what's happening when kids are two? They're exerting themselves in a new way, aren't they? Mm -hmm. Right? They're becoming 
more capable and they, they're learning how to be more independent in some things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it, during that time is a very important time to influence as they're coming up coming of age, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, as, as a two-year-old. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really important. And to look at it as an opportunity when there's the behavior we don't want, look at it as an opportunity to influence them. Mm-hmm. But if we give it a label, then we aren't going to necessarily try as hard to influence them. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I think a lot of parents do the exact same thing for teenagers, which we'll be talking about in a little bit. But um it doesn't matter what season you're in, this concept of making a label on a specific season or age or even gender. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, we've heard parents just nonchalantly go, oh, boys will be boys. And I'm literally like, are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, it. to be honest, I actually, I, I get a bit frustrated by that because it's just an excuse. Well, and I think that goes into our next point, goes right with it, which is kids will be kids. So this is the second thing you don't want to say, which goes along with boys will be boys. There is an acceptance of the wrong behavior or certain kinds of things happening that we shouldn't just accept because kids are a certain age. So kids will be kids. So think about this. Terrible twos around the two-year age. Mm -hmm. Kids will be kids. Middle school age, right. a lot of times where p- parents are saying this, and then oh, wait until they're teenagers, and we'll get to that point in a second, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so now we're kind of covering everything, and um, you know, what are all of these three things? There's transitions, there's new uh, learning happening about who they are, and all these things, and also these are times where parents are more needed in a new and different way, and I think sometimes parents don't adjust. To the season. It's really like, instead of saying, oh, terrible twos, we should be going, oh man, terrible parents who don't understand their (laughs) two-year-old. Like imagine, right? Like (laughs) if we, if if we would be offended by that. Yeah. And so we, we need to realize like, well, we wouldn't want people to be saying that about us. Right. So why in the world, if, if we would take offense to that kind of expectation on us as parents, why in the world would we be putting an expectation or label on our kids? And not only that, but doesn't it just set yourself up for failure? Like none of, I mean, we all feel the pressure that there is in parenting today. Yeah, yeah. That, that for sure is a real thing. Like there are times when I struggle with mom guilt and feel like a failure and I have to remind myself, what in the world? Why am I feeling this way? Do I have unrealistic expectations on myself? Do I need to recalibrate my expectations to be more biblical? Where where are these coming from? Are these imposed upon me by the culture or are they imposed upon me by by what I think God wants from me? When in reality, he loves me regardless of what I do or don't do. And do my kids think this way? These are all questions we need to ask. But at the same time, when it comes to these labels, we need to recognize that, guess what? The enemy does not want you to be a purposeful parent. The enemy does not want you to enjoy your kids. The enemy actually is set out to kill, steal, and destroy. What does that mean? He wants to kill your relationship with your kids. He wants to steal the joy from your parenting. And he wants to destroy any kind of fam- family legacy that you're going to have that God has already predestined for you. Amen. So the reality is, is we have an enemy who wants to get into your mind. He wants you to doubt yourself. He wants you to doubt your kids. He wants to, he wants to create this illusion that there is 
an expectation that you should have on kids that's going to actually prevent you from being a purposeful parent. So we've already covered one, right? Terrible twos. How many of you guys have heard that? Or terrible threes. Sometimes people will call them terrible threes. And then then you hear kids will be kids. Now, kids will be kids is a terrible thing because this is a place, this is an age where they really need to be learning how to yield to authority. They need to be learning how to behave themselves in different settings and to be more included uh, with different ages in conversation and things like that. And what happens when we say kids will be kids is we're allowing them almost by expectation, excuse to be yeah. immature yeah. when actually they should be rising up in maturity. Mm-hmm. It should be called out of them. But instead, when we give it a label, we're suppressing them and keeping them down uh, like you know other people that believe this about kids. And so right. they need to be learning not how to resist authority, they need to be learning how to be obedient to authority uh, in these middle school years. And we shouldn't ever excuse, create excuses for bad behavior with each other as other parents. Uh, when our kids are around and we say, oh, kids will kids, we shouldn't do that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we shouldn't have that thought. Instead, we should have proper expectations mm-hmm. for our kids, which should right. be higher expectations. You know, it's interesting because in that that topic of middle middles, right? Your kids when they're the middle ages and that concept of kids will be kids. You guys, this is a big deal. I even think about, we mentioned boys will be boys, which I think is something that is said more frequently. But in regards to daughters, I think that there's maybe not necessarily like an actual idiom that people say, but, but I've seen moms kind of shrug it off and be like, daughters, you know, Mm. like if they're, if their daughter sassy to them or disrespectful or rolls their eyes, which is another form of sass, right. Um, or scowls or has, is manipulating or is, um, sighing and, uh, uh, you know, emotional or whatever. Like, I'm sorry, but there is an element here where we need to stop believing the lies that the culture has taught us about kids in every single season. The reality is, is the enemy wants to steal your season when they're one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> six, seven, eight. I could go on and on and on. You get the point. He is behind these sayings because these are labels. These are expectations, like Isaac said, and they set you up for failure. They set your kids up for failure. And to be honest with you, it's just disrespectful to say it. And kids will respond by continuing in whatever they're doing when you make it okay by giving it a label. So see how all of this is bad. And it's just that we've, we've got to move on from this in, in this kind of thinking. Sometimes we might even just be thinking it. But instead, let's wash our minds with good expectations, right. biblical expectations. You know, as kids A get, biblical vocabulary, even. Yeah. I just even think about, like, how many times you've even said in the podcast that kids will rise to the level of, of responsibility that you give to them yes. or they'll rise to the level of expectations that you give them. Well, if you have low expectations, then kids are going to be like bump, bump, bump. They're, they're not going to rise. And then right? they get bored with life. They get rambunctious because they're not being expected to be more responsible, more is, mature yeah. in these kinds of things. And then, you know, here, here, here's another one that you might be thinking as I'm talking about, well, let kids be kids. I go, well, it depends what you mean by that. Let kids be 
growing and maturity and responsibility and feeling important because everybody needs to feel important and growing in the Lord and those kinds of things. If that's what you mean by let kids be kids, I'm all with it. But a lot of times that let yeah. kids be kids is more of a, no, they're not ready to contribute. They're not ready to do important things. And I would beg to differ. They are ready. Right. And you probably agree with us here yeah, because, you you know, strong Christians, a lot of strong Christians listening to us. But, but what Isaac's meaning is like, for example, responsibility. We'll just take responsibility, chores or responsibilities mm -hmm. around the house, right? Contributing to the family. Um, you know, sometimes there are people who don't give their kids responsibilities or opportunities to contribute to the family. Like, let's just use dishes, for example, right? And they won't give them that responsibility because they're like, well, let kids be kids. I'll just do the dishes. Mm. Or, or, or they're regarding video games or just playing constantly and not having to actually take care of the dog or clean up the room or whatever it is. Oh, let them be kids. They're, they go to school and it's been a hard day and I don't want to ask them to do that because we'll just let kids be kids. I'm sorry. This kind of thinking will literally stunt your child's growth. It creates entitlement in later years too, potentially. But it will stunt their growth because yeah. they'll learn less skills. They'll they won't learn responsibility. They won't um, experience the 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 good kind of pride that comes from a job that they've done mm. that they've worked hard to do at mm -hmm. a young age. Have you ever seen a six or a seven or an eight year old do something that they didn't think they could do, but you believed they could do it? and you encourage them to do it, and then they did it, mm -hmm. and then they just, They're they glowing. were glowing yeah. with, with that proud of like, look at what I did. Every kid needs to experience that because it is a feeling of being productive and contributing to the mm -hmm. whole and being needed. And yeah. every human was given this innate desire to want to be needed, to be valued. Yeah. And a lot of times kids don't get to experience that. And that actually contributes to their struggling with depression, mm -hmm. struggling with um, feeling loved by their parents or known. Um, because let's let's be honest, like if someone on the on the job, think about yourself in a job situation. If your boss, if you worked for somebody, I don't know if you do or not, but just put your role play here with me for a minute. If your boss had a set of duties for you to do and you felt bored because you were like, man, I could be totally doing that other thing over there. If you just let me try it, I know I could do it, but he never asked you to do it. And he didn't believe you could do it. Wouldn't that just drive you bonkers? That would drive me insane. I know it would drive you crazy. Mm. But imagine now being a child and living with parents that do that to you all the time. Because kids will be kids. So That would be so sad. So sad. So the final one is wait until the teenage years. And this is usually people that have already had their kids through teenage years or currently have kids in the teenage years talking to families with younger kids. And especially a lot of times they'll say that if you have lots of younger kids, at least that's right. what we found. And yeah. um, then they say, oh, wait till they're all teenagers together. At the same time. <laughs> and what we've always said to each other when before we had teenagers mm -hmm. is we're going to love the teenage years. Yeah. 
And why? Because we're going to expect to love it. And we're going to do the hard work today where, because when they're younger, it's like you're planting seeds mm-hmm. for different things. And as they get older, those seeds are turning into little plants. And in the teenage years, they're young plants, right? Mm-hmm. And what it what did you do in all the cultivation of that young plant to, to realize? It's not that they all of a sudden became that young plant. It was all of the watering and the soil and all the things leading up to it. And so what are you doing as parents? A lot of times it's uh, the, the mistakes parents made that they're seeing the wrong fruit in the mm-hmm. teenage years, the, the way they set up the relationship with their kids, the poor expectations, maybe the lack of uh, really being there for them and, and open, creating that open communication from when they're young until in the teenage years. But we don't want to have that expectation. And we will mm-hmm. candidly say we absolutely love the teenage years. We now have launched two kids out of our home. One is married and we have three teenagers in our home right now and a whole crew coming up into that in the future years. Mm-hmm. And so far, it has been nothing but awesomeness. Now, does that mean all our, our teenagers are perfect? No, none of our kids are perfect. Mm-mm. But I'm just saying that we went into it before we had them, expecting it to be awesome, going against what everybody told mm-hmm. us, and it is awesome. I mean, what Isaac means when he says that we were – going against what everybody would tell us. The reality is, is that it was everywhere. It was in the church. It was in family. It was in grocery stores. Everywhere we went, people were like, whoa, you got your hands full. You know, they're all going to be teenagers at the same time. Right. And I literally would think to myself, and it's going to be awesome. And that was my response. It was, yes, I know it. And it's going to be awesome. And I was in line today at Starbucks and I had Xander with me. And he's just nine months old, nine months old. I was holding Xander, mm-hmm. ordering my latte. And there's a mom behind me with three teenage girls with her. And of course, Xander starts up a conversation with everybody, right? Everybody loves a baby. So the mom starts talking to me and she goes, oh, wait until the teenagers right in front of her teenagers. And I just was kind of like, wow, way to set an expectation, way to anchor bad behavior mm-hmm. to say that in, in front kids. of the teenagers right there in front of a stranger too. So and I just, you know, and I, it was fun. It's always fun because then I'm like, well, you know, we have lots of teenagers and, you know, I didn't really say much about it, but we have one married <laughs> and we have another one. Yeah, out of the house we, and- we kept it all friendly and everything. I didn't no, no confrontation or anything. Yeah. Just, just appreciate, you know, grace and love and all that. But, um, you know, it's, But But it it reminds us us of this topic, which is so important not to do that. You don't want to anchor the wrong belief. So anytime you – if teenagers hear parents lamenting about how hard the teenage years are, like it's a thing that can't be avoided ever, then it's like something they're going to fulfill and continue and anchor in whatever the behavior is that's – annoying to parents. Mm-hmm. And so we don't want to do that. We want to move our kids beyond that mm-hmm. in belief that they can be obedient, loving, respectful young adults that are contributing kind. to society yes. and kind they have a and purpose helping and helping the younger yes. siblings and all these things. We should expect that and we should parent from when they're younger expecting that because then we tend to do more of the right things all the way leading up to it. You know, it's interesting because you definitely, depending on what circles you're in um, on social media, you will either see people who are delighting in their children 
or you will see people who are lamenting in the season that they are in with their children. Mm-hmm. And sadly, what I have noticed over the years is that the ones that spend more time lamenting are the ones that really struggle long-term in their marriages. They struggle long-term and even having relationships with their mm-hmm. kids when their kids are older. Mm-hmm. And that's not the vision of what you should expect. Mm-hmm. A a godly family, a godly legacy, you, this word, God's word is limitless regarding the grace, the unconditional, what unconditional love and grace and forgiveness Mm -hmm. and, and believing in the God in one another and calling Mm -hmm. out your kids' spiritual gifts and studying your kids and knowing them and learning about them and allowing them to grow and celebrating their growth and encouraging them to try new things. That approach in parenting, completely night and day to woe is me, you're slowing me down, this is a nuisance, oh, potty training, oh, temper tantrum. No, I'm sorry. If you come across something when you're a parent that is really difficult and you don't know what to do, first thing you need to do is get on your knees and pray and ask Mm -hmm. God to give you wisdom in how to parent your child in the situation that you are in. Second thing, find a mentor. Mm -hmm. Find someone who's older who has been there. Third thing, Do not underestimate the power of studying your word every day to transform your heart to where your heart is towards your children, towards loving them well, towards your home, and and your eyes are set on Jesus Christ. Your perspective will greatly change if your eyes are on Jesus. The fourth thing you need to do is have worship in your home. It literally changes the atmosphere of your home. It changes your heart attitude. It changes your kid's heart attitude, and you will enjoy them so much more. And I would just want to say one thing, that if you already have teenagers and you've already maybe feel like after listening to this, I've, I've done some things wrong, hey, if you're a parent, you've done some things wrong, okay? Yeah. It, it goes with being a parent. None of us are perfect. And none of and, us knew what we were doing I, when we got started. And I would say we. this too, is that it's never too late. Yeah. And so, but you do need to change something in your rhythm of parenting. So if you have teenagers right now and it's already, you're kind of not enjoying the teenage years, maybe because of things you've sowed or whatever's happened, uh, expectations, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's never too late. And you can always meet with your kids and go, you know what? I, tr- I, I tried to be the best dad I could with you. I tried to be the best mom I could with you. and uh, But I wasn't perfect. And I'm learning some new things right now. And I just wanted to let you guys know that I'm going to be um, – you know, really looking at our relationship and how mm-hmm. uh, I can lead even better so it's even a better relationship. Mm-hmm. And you can say that in however you want, but it's never too late to have a little bit of a reset conversation with your kids in love and anticipation and excitement about how much better things could be, mm-hmm. not because of them changing, but because you're changing as a parent. That's where it's got to yeah. start. Um, of course, they should mm-hmm. be respecting you. They should be loving you and they should be, you know, honoring the parents. But I think what we need to start with, well, what can I change first as the leader that will then potentially create a change? And mm-hmm. um, I think that's powerful. You know, I th- as we're talking about these these different sayings that are often repeated 
in the culture, okay, um, which are not biblical. None of this stuff is biblical. This is all just people, parents, people's experiences, like imposing expectations on other people that are not biblical, okay? Um, they may be common in society, in a sinful society where families don't have love and respect for one another, where parents are not actually parenting their kids, where they're just, oh, hands off. Oh, kids will be kids. Oh, terrible twos. Yeah, I knew this was it would be this way, so I'm just not going to do anything. Well, you know what? The Bible has something to say about that. Go and read Proverbs chapter 28 and 29, and you will literally be blown away. I just want to read a couple verses. One is in chapter 28, verse 13. Listen to this. Think about this verse from a parenting perspective regarding kids will be kids and not parenting your kids when they do something wrong or when they're disrespectful. Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper. Do you want your kids to prosper? Then let's not cover up their sins and their transgressions and slap a label on it like, oh, well, kids will be kids. It's okay. And we're not supposed to do that as parents, okay? Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Blessed is the one who fears the Lord always, but whoever hardens his heart will fall into calamity. You know what these things are? These sayings? It's like parenting or people's hearts are hardened towards children who are two. Mm. That's what it is. And it, the Bible warns us about having a hardened heart towards the Lord, but there is also a warning in here about having a hardened heart towards our children, right? The, the relationship between father and son, mother and son, parents and children is an image-bearing relationship to God the Father and to us as his children. And it is a powerful one. And if we want to be a good image bearer to our kids so that they know the fullness of how much God loves them, and we want to model that for them, and we want to introduce them to the Lord, God does not look at them and go, oh, those terrible twos. (laughs) God doesn't do that. He doesn't look at, at babies and go, oh, they're crying and whining again. He doesn't look at kids and boys and go, oh, boys will be boys. Psh, Whatever and roll his eyes. That's not God. He doesn't do that. He, be, he, he, we need to be more like God. We need our expectations to be completely transformed into his. If you go to chapter 29, there's two other little verses I just want to share with you. Okay. The first one is, a, is very interesting. It's verse, um, 15 says, and it's the second part it says, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Oh, that's a warning. A child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Verse 17 says, discipline your son and he will give you rest. He will give delight to your heart. You will delight that's a promise. in your children. There are so many good promises for parents in the word of God. If we only take time to soak our minds in the word, to take our thoughts captive into the obedience of Christ, which is found in the Bible, And we change our thinking so that we don't say life-numbing statements like, wait till they're all teenagers. Amen. Well, hey, we hope this has been helpful. And God bless you guys. Take care. See you next time. 
Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. For more resources, go to Courageous Parenting and CourageousMom.com for free online workshops, blog posts, and best-selling courses. Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, we release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. This is an incredible self-paced program where we cover everything from obedience training to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.